This is a Mortarbox Media Podcast. For more podcasts and to learn how we can help you create your own, visit mortarboxmedia.com. Hey, welcome to the Madison Story Slam podcast. It's the podcast where we bring you some true great stories from some truly great people. I'm your host, Adam Rosted, and like always, I am excited that we are doing this thing that we do and building community through storytelling. We've got some great stories for you here today. Henry, he's going to be sharing about his Uncle A and what made him such a great guy and what helped shape Henry into the man he is today. But first up, we've got Kim Nicholas, who is telling a story about how she ended up getting some 1980s plastic surgery. That's as much as I'll say about that. Before we get to stories, let me tell you about some stuff we've got going on. Our next Story Slam event, our next live event, and there's only two left in the season, April and May. But our next one is Saturday, April 20th at the Wilmar Center here in Madison, Wisconsin. The theme is secondhand. And we chose this theme because we realized that a lot of people have stories that aren't necessarily their stories, but they're great stories nonetheless. So come tell a story that might not be yours on this great night at the Wilmar Center. And if you can't come to the live show, you can always tune in live on Facebook the night of the show on our Facebook page. That's really all the info I've got for you. So without further ado, here's Kim. Well, I'm only about as half as nervous as I was when I got here, because only <laughs> half of you are here. Uh, my name's Kim. You're all very attractive, especially the judges. <laughs> so picture 1981 which was a long time ago for me. I was 15 years old. Let's see, uh, Lady Diana was about to get married to Prince Charles. That went well. The DeLorean came out. That went well. (laughs) What else? The Poles were fighting for their freedom, right? And uh, Ronnie Reagan was voted in as president. You know, he was an actor. I mean, like, who in the hell would vote a celebrity into office? I don't know. So anyhow, the story is titled, I thought about this a lot, um, it's either going to be How I Broke My Jaw at the Circus or Bad Things Happen to Crabby Teenagers. I don't know. Which one do you want to hear? So like I said, it was 1981. It was a Saturday morning. The birds were singing. You know how it is when you're 15, right? And... The sun was shining, and I thought, I'm going to the mall to see the circus. Okay? I lived in a small town of 8,000. Uh, this was big deal. So I get ready in the morning. I've got my purple eyeshadow on, my Olivia Newton-John hair. Oh, by the way, speaking of Olivia Newton-John, synchronicity. At the same time, she was singing Let's Get Physical. Right? Anybody want to sing that for me? <laughs> Thank you. That's really nice. Um, I was getting physical with concrete. And in Brookline, Massachusetts, evil clowns were cited. This is an actual headline, which I love the next newspaper that came out and said no clowns were ever found. 
I found them at the circus. So I get ready, and my mother used to say, I love my mother. I didn't like her so much then, but I love her now. She said, don't ever leave the house with holy underwear because you might get into an accident. Well, guess what? I thought, holy underwear, like what's going to happen to me? What could possibly happen? I'm invincible. I'm 15. I'm in great shape. I'm going to get on my 10-speed, go over to the mall. So... I'm over at the mall, and I'm looking around the tents, and I'm just on my tent speed, and this guy comes out. His name is Delbert. He's got really greasy hair. He's very creepy. He's older than me, and he grabs my handlebars, and he says, hey, I'm Delbert. I'm, like, really uncomfortable. I'm like, oh, hi. He goes, I've been to clown school. Okay, so... This is a true story. I'm serious. I'm like, that's great, Delbert. So finally he goes away, and this yellow VW bug rolls up. Now, this is the great part. Tonight, I went over to Ground Zero to get a cup of coffee because I heard that you can't get a seat here unless you're really early. <laughs> and I pulled up behind a VW yellow bug, and I thought, oh, there's my sign, right? Yellow VW Bug, original, pulls up, the window rolls down, and there is Jack Hull. Oh, Jack Hull. He, just the sound of his name even now makes me go like, uh, inside. So he's 16, I'm 15, he's a whole year ahead of me. And he starts to talk to me. Now, Jack has never talked to me. I've been in youth group with Jack for two years, never even looked my way. Love Tammy Jodrosko. Couldn't stand me. He starts talking to me. I don't know what he's saying. I'm just going, right? He's talking, and I'm like, uh. he leaves. I'm on my bike. I'm so in love. And I'm looking at Jack, and I'm looking, and I'm riding real slow, real slow. Well, the front of my tire hit one of the metal stakes of the tent peg. And I don't know, because I'm in my body, I don't know what it looked like, but I can imagine in slow motion that I flipped over the top of my bike and landed face first onto the concrete. Didn't break a bone in my body except my jaw. Smashed over here, broke clean over here, lost my lip entirely. This is all the work of 1981 plastic surgery where they just take the inside of your mouth and just pull it over and make a lip. (laughs) This tooth was up in my gum. This tooth was in my lip. These teeth were gone, like just gone. And then every tooth in my mouth was loose. I have a huge gash under here. I think I had a head gash. They were picking gravel out of my face at the hospital. Well, just like being in a Stanley Kubrick film, so I lift myself up kind of like this, and I don't feel any pain. And I'll tell you something that's very interesting about emotional and physical pain. They're very similar. I didn't feel a thing. I think at some of the worst moments of our lives, we get really angry with ourselves, and we say, why didn't I cry about that? Why didn't I feel? It's the body's way of giving you mercy. I didn't start screaming until I looked down onto the concrete and there was just 
blood everywhere, <laughs> teeth everywhere. And I realize I'm 15 and I'm going to look like Frankenstein for the rest of my life. And Jack will never look at me again. So while I'm screaming, like I said, Stanley Kubrick must have been on the sidelines because all these clowns start running. <laughs> and here comes Delbert. <laughs> and here's Delbert. It's going to be okay. It's going to be okay. <laughs> My mother's friend is at the mall shopping. She sees the commotion, parts the crowd, throws me into her car, which was not a good idea. I mean, I think I had a head in- injury. Rushes me to the hospital. My mother said that when she walked in, she almost passed out. She said she couldn't even recognize my face. It was that bad. Frankenstein was on Broadway, by the way, in 1981. (laughs) I could have played that part. So I get rushed to the dental surgeon. They wire my mouth shut. My face looks like a hamburger piece. I mean, it was bad. And um, they send me home. Not great health care. <laughs> they, they didn't even keep me at the hospital. They just kind of sewed me up, tried to put in a new lip. And I had the brilliance at 15 to tell my mother to cover all the mirrors. Like, I couldn't face. It. And I'm really glad I did. I think that would have been a scar that would have never gone away. Um, There's a quote that says, yes, I wrote it on my hand. (laughs) I knew I'd get nervous up here. To live is to suffer. To survive is to find the meaning in the suffering. But to find the meaning in the suffering is freedom. Why did I have to go through that? I wrote a poem once that says, at 11, you realize crying cannot save you. That bad things happen that tears are shed and there is no comfort except what we find within ourselves. I would go on to have more pain. I uh, just had two surgeries, major ones, last year. I have a 13-inch scar on this hip and a 14-inch scar on this hip. But guess what? I can wear these boots. (laughs) I found my meaning. It's in shoes. So... (laughs) I had double hip replacement and a remodeling done. So with every scar, I try to find meaning to this day. And I have great memories of Jack. Thank you. All I can say, Kim, is ouch. Sounds like it hurt. Thank you so much for sharing that story with us. You know, I often get asked by fans and regular attendees of our events, how can I be a bigger part of what we're doing here at Madison Story Slam. Well, to play a bigger part in the podcast, what you can do is leave us a rating and a review and subscribe if you haven't on iTunes or Apple Podcasts app. And if you want to play a bigger part financially in what we do, you can go to patreon.com slash Madison Story Slam where you can become a monthly patron of the show and help us grow that way. And now telling his first story, here's Henry He. My first time here. I was here um, listening to a lot of story, but it's the first time telling one. About two summers ago, uh, on a Saturday morning, uh, I was on a regular phone call with my parents who live halfway across the globe, 12 hours time difference. And uh, 
you were talking about like how you're getting on, how I getting on, how what, how do I eat, um, how's my work, um, when you're gonna get your PhD, where's your girlfriend, and when you're gonna give me a grandchildren, you know, <laughs> typical Asian parent stuff. Um, so at the end of the um, telephone call, um, my dad says, "Before you hang up, I need you. Uh, I need you. To, I need to let you know something." I said, "Whoa, it sounds serious. What's up?" And he told me. Um, Uncle A died. I paused for a moment, and I said, "Oh, okay." Then I hang up the phone. I wasn't sad. I wasn't surprised. I wasn't anything, because Uncle A is a family friend who I haven't seen in about 15 years. And、uh, but then I started to reminisce a little bit about what is going on and who he was and. Who he was to me, and I realized like、uh, all of my childhood story cannot be separated from Uncle A. So this is a little bit of story about some memory I had with my childhood. So I don't know about you guys, but somehow my most vivid memory about my childhood is always painful. Not that I had a horrible childhood; I have a happy childhood. It's just I think those kind of stick、uh, a little bit longer.、Um, So, first thing I remember about my uncle A was he was very. Uh, uh, he he liked to fiddle with stuff. He、uh, he always have a little bit of puzzle on the desk. He always、uh, try to fix things around the house, and、uh, and he he has weird, very thick glasses. And then that's、uh, a very kind of a nice portrait that's imprinted in my head about him. And this story is a, is kind of about that. So the first story about him is. It was my first memory of a beach trip. I was about three year old. It's the first time I ever seen the trip,、uh, beach. It was a long ride, and we got to the beach. It was my family, Uncle A's family, the whole gang.、Uh, it's the first time. Some people already heard the story, by the way.、Uh, I was on the beach. I was a three year old, mind me, and I, I first time I look out into the ocean. Okay, and、uh, I was just overwhelmed. You know, I was looking at the vast body of water. And、uh, endless towards the horizon, and the crest of the waves, the breeze of the wind. I just feel so small. I don't know how that sock popped into a three-year-old, but I just felt so insignificant. And as a result, I feel like a whole, like, weight of pressure being lifted on my shoulder. As a three-year-old, I don't know how much pressure I was on at that moment. <laughs>、um, so I, all, the only thing I wanted to do at that moment was just to let go. I don't know what I was letting go of. But I just extended my arm and decided to fall flat back onto the beach. So you see, that's a very sort of relaxing moment. Little bit known to me, right behind me was a sea of cactus plant. So I I fall butt first into a cactus plant, and I wasn't screaming because I feel like my it might be poisonous. I don't know, but my butt wasn't feeling anything. So. That was the most embarrassing moment of my childhood. Basically, my parents and my uncle A and then his wife spending the entire afternoon picking needles out of my ass.、Um, but my uncle A was the one literally doing it with a tiny little tweezer because he has the he has the steadiest hand and whatnot. I don't know. He was doing it and he was very concerned. So the entire afternoon he was doing that, and everybody, four adults, looking at it. So that was the, my first memory of him. That was fun. Um, my second memory of him 
uh, or the second aspect I remember of Uncle A is he was very wise. And he was, he was, all, he was a, scholar, a scholarly figure that he always read. He always read the news earlier than everybody else, back when there wasn't even any internet. And then he always had this progressive ideas that I, would, I don't know where it come from in a, in a modern city in China. So um, I remember one day, my dad learned how to do uh, authentic Armenian barbecue from real Armenians who live in the Siberia. And my, my dad was a big fan of it, and it was quickly become very popular in the household. So we always host this uh, Armenian barbecue um, at my dad's company, always in the parking lot. It was a, a kind of a, a whole party thing. So if you don't, have never tried Armenian barbecue before, it's a very heavily pork-based uh, kind of a dish. I remember one Sunday afternoon, we were having this barbecue with every single employee in my dad's company. My dad and Uncle A was grilling on the grill, and... Uh, Uncle A has a very rebellious son. At that time, it's just about hating uh, puberty. So he's at his full righteous kind of moments where he thinks he knows everything and whatever he thinks is right. And one of the employees at a company is actually a Muslim. So um, he was waiting for the first round of barbecue where the pork was cooked so that it's empty so he can cook some other type of meat where he can actually eat. So he was smoking a cigarette by the parking lot waiting for his turn. Uncle A's son was... Um, very pissed at that. He thinks, why can't you enjoy other people's work just, just like the rest of us did? So he grabbed a plate full of pork and walked straight up to him and say this. He said, would it kill you if you tried pork? Yes, it was a dead silent. The entire parking lot went from party to not in about three seconds. And my Uncle A has never raised his voice against anyone. He's a very, very quiet person. He doesn't even listen to music most of the time when he's studying. He walked up to his son and shouted the loudest word he can say. He said, nobody, nobody should be disrespected because they're different. Uncle Isan was not allowed to participate in any more Armenian barbecue until he agreed to apologize. I had a fortune to travel quite a few countries due to my study and due to my work. And that word always stick with me when I meet people that are different. The third aspect of my Uncle A um, is that he's unfortunately depressed. So back when the business is good, there are my, uh, my dad and Uncle A are living the high life, but at some point, a bad business decision leads to another. Their company went under. And uh, Uncle A took it really hard. He, he was immediately diagnosed with uh, clinically uh, depressed. He was taking antidepressant. And his health took a nosedive. And my dad tried to pick him up by saying, why don't we start another company? I put in a little bit more, you put in a little bit less, and we can get you back on your feet. And they did that. But unfortunately, my Uncle A's depression got a little bit too severe, and it became very self-destructive. Um, there were quite a few suicide attempts, and uh, as a result, he didn't agree to invest in anything of any kind of uh, risk and therefore reward, and the company was not profiting. Um, my, my dad, my family, and their family are both digging into the savings. So my dad has to, after one particularly bad business deal, my dad decided to break it off. And that's the last time I've heard from my Uncle A.
Years later, I was asking my dad, do you hate him for dragging the company into the mud? And he told me a story I never heard before. He said, when you were five years old, we went on a road trip together, nine-hour drive. He was sleeping in the back seat against the door. Uncle A told me, he said, pull over right now, quietly, don't alarm anyone. It turns out the door I was leaning against is not locked. He grabbed me a split second before I fall off a, hundred, a car running 100 miles an hour. That's the emotional and physical scar I remember about Uncle A. And uh, my dad never resented him because he literally saved his son. And maybe he went. Thank you. Hey, thank you so much, Henry, for sharing that story about your Uncle A. I really liked it. I love what he said, that nobody should be disrespected because they are different. That's an important message to share in today's world, so thank you. And another thank you to Kim, and a big thank you to every person who has ever shared a story on our stage, on the podcast, and on our videos. Speaking of videos, if you want to see these storytellers telling their stories, you can head over to our YouTube channel, just search for Madison Story Slam, or click the video links here in the show notes of this episode, and you'll be taken to there. All right. Once again, our next Story Slam event is Saturday, April 20th at the Wilmar Center in Madison, Wisconsin. We would love to have you come tell a story based on the theme secondhand. And again, we chose that because sometimes you've got great stories that aren't yours, or maybe you've got a great story that has that is yours that has to do with secondhand. So come check that out or check out the live stream. The live stream starts at 7 p.m. Saturday, April 20th, and all that jazz. Thanks for tuning in, and as always, I love you.